You're listening to the State of Love and Trust, a Pearl Jam podcast. Follow the show on social media and remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice. Now, here's Jason and Paul. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the State of Love and Trust. It's a Pearl Jam podcast, and I'm one of your two hosts, Jason Carapesi, and alongside me, as always, is Paul Guglieri. Paul, we have, uh, we've had a hell of a week. We've been battling what we thought were colds, was more than colds, <laughs> and we're on the other side, sort of. You and I, my friend, had uh, round-trip tickets on the Rona Rail. <laughs> I, I yeah. didn't like it. I didn't sign up for that. Um, no, well, it, neither did I. It, uh, it kidnapped it against my will and, and stuffed in a boxcar is what it felt like. <laughs> a boxcar of train of, enthusiasts of out there are loving these references. Viral uh, hell is what it was. Yeah. How's it going out there, everybody? Um, uh, it is, what is it, the end of, middle to end of January 2024. Uh, new music is imminent. Um, so we're just waiting with bated breath for new Pearl Jam music. Um, but we have a great show leading up to that. That'll all make sense in a minute. Um, Paul, I want to just get some quick housekeeping out of the way. One thing is we've got some new Patreon tiers. We've updated our Patreon with, with now three tiers instead of one offering people options for, for who doesn't love options. Who doesn't love a good option? So um, let's kind of go through a few. Uh, of these option items one is here. called the venti. Option two is grande. <laughs> this grande, is where yes. people chime in. They're just like, can't you just call it like? It, it's a large, dude. It's a large. Well, the hell's a. It's a large. <laughs> what was it? Wasn't that from Role Models? Who's like, congratulations, <laughs> yeah, so- you're stupid in three languages. <laughs> Great film, by the way. Uh, but yes, anyways, Patreon. We've got three tiers now instead of the one. Um, Tier one is two bucks a month, gets you some voting power, access to our Discord server, ten percent off merch, and a and a singular virtual raffle ticket for our monthly giveaway. How cool is and that? And tier two, tier uh, mm-hmm. first of all, how can you go wrong with tier one? You can't. You, you can't. You can but only get better. If for some reason you can only get better, and uh, one way to get better would be to upgrade yourself to tier two, which is just five dollars a month. Right, which is less than a venti or a grande <laughs> in most places, <laughs> and you get all of the above that Jason just mentioned. In addition to some bonus content, some extra episodes, content requests, which is always a lovely perk, access to drop in the show video archive, fifteen percent off our merch, and two raffle tickets for our monthly giveaway. And if that that's not correct. good enough, and- Jason. Well, if you are thinking to yourself, well, that sounds great, but I need to spend more money. <laughs> well, then we have we got a tier for you. For three dollars more, I feel like a snake oil salesman. This is so silly. Um, I'm only gonna do this one time because this is just so silly. I feel weird doing this, but I want to let you know because now there's options. Tier three, the state of love and trust, because the first tier was the state of trust. You gotta trust. And then tier two was the state of love. You've you've elevated, right? Tier three is the state of love and trust. You really get the whole thing. So everything you've already heard, plus 20% off merch, three virtual raffle tickets for that monthly giveaway, and 
our friend, graphic artist Brad Clausen, is going to be sitting down with us to discuss the origins and the mindset behind his posters, Pearl Jam and beyond. And we'll talk even, I'm sure it'll go off the rails because Brad loves to talk and we love to talk to Brad. So that's going to happen probably twice a month, maybe more, who the hell knows, um, whatever we feel like. And then maybe we'll add stuff, Paul. I don't know. Oh, I'm sure we will. <clears throat> to, the, to the platinum package? For, first of all, you also get all of the aforementioned perks in addition to that. Of course. Of course, <clears throat> yes. Yeah. I thought that was implied, but maybe, maybe it wasn't. Um, and then uh, we also have uh, new shirts available. We've got that Vitalogy adjacent one. We've got a 2000 bootlegs uh, digipack style one as well. A, a personal favorite of mine, by the way. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think we got the uh, Katowice Poland uh, version of, of the tan brown color. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, I like it. I'm a big, big fan yeah. of that. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I will uh, say that way, you may be listening to, to to the shilling from Jason and Paul, and you might be thinking to yourself, yeah, you guys are cool and all, but you're not getting any of my money. And that's perfectly okay because you can still here feed right now. that algorithm. You can feed that's that free. algorithm mm-hmm. for free. Yeah. Just 100%. by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on your preferred podcast platform of choice. That is 100% correct. We really appreciate that because it helps people find the show. Um, One last thing I'll mention that isn't going to cost anybody anything, it's just going to help you guys out, is every single episode of this show, dating back to May of 2020 when it all started, is being remastered. We're going back and remastering every single episode, upping the audio quality, re-uploading it to uh, the servers. On top of that, our YouTube is getting a facelift. You have a YouTube? Yes, we have a YouTube, <laughs> and and there are things on it, and every episode is available there with unique um, artwork for each episode with the remastered audio. So that's slowly being updated as well. So part of the 2024 Redux or the 2.0, 3.0, whatever you want to call it, is happening right now. It's all been happening over the last few weeks, um, and so it'll all kind of get finished uh, in the next handful of weeks, hopefully, before this new Pearl Jam album comes out, Paul. Hey, Andrew Watt looked at Pearl Jam and said, let's evolve. And I think that was our cue to do the same. Yeah. So like I said before, at the very outset of this episode, there is new music from Pearl Jam imminent. Like it could be out tomorrow or the next day kind of thing as you're listening to this. Maybe as you're listening to this, it's already out. Who knows? It's possible. Here's what's going to happen. That's going to be the first new single, the lead single, as it were, of the new, uh, as of yet, Untitled. Uh, record. I think it was at the twelfth in Pearl Jam's catalog. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So and, we and, thought and it's, it's hard for me, man. It's hard for me because it's hard. and I said this it's to you hard. before. It is. I, I I liken it to that experience of like, do you want to know if it's a boy or a girl, or do you just want to leave oh. it to be a surprise? I have not decided if I'm going to listen to whatever this single is. That's going to be an awkward show next week if that if, if that <laughs> <laughs> if that, show, if that music comes out. I'll tell you right now. I'm going to be asking you questions. You're going to be like, I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> Excellent episode. Um, and we're both drinking wine. Look at that. Fantastic. Nothing nothing cures a cough like wine. Um, all right. So oh the episode God, this was- week then leads into this new lead single by asking ourselves, well, what if we could go back in time and pick the lead single for each Pearl Jam record? Now, Paul, here's here's my headspace, and I want you to kind of tell me where you're at. For me, the lead single needs to make a statement. 
It needs mm-hmm. to announce something fresh, but also be a good indicator for what the album stands for in many respects. Agreed. I'm considering the time period and what was popular at that time. So I'm not just completely going in uh, random. I am considering accessibility to the track and its length. Um, yeah. How about the chorus? Is, is the chorus memorable? That's obviously very Catching, important. Yeah. Some of this may is it seem radio obvious. Friendly? Exactly. Um, but as we know, the band deliberately chose certain songs as lead singles for unique and often bewildering reasons, at least us, you know, the, the not band. <laughs> but if we were to ignore the band members' wishes, so to speak, and go all, you know, 1950s, 1960s record label on the band and say, we picked the, the, the single and determine what we think is the best choice for that single for each album, what would we pick and why? So, Paul, what was what was your head space like when I floated this idea to you? Well, <clears throat> I was occupying that space in between this exercise and the one that we do for each album where we pick essential track, essential song, right? Ah, because yes. <clears throat> in, in some regards, I was thinking to myself, well, this should be the single because th- this to me is the embodiment of this record. But then at the same time, you have to ask yourself, okay, but does that make it a quality single? Like, is that, should it lead off the album right? in terms of sales and representation? And when you listen to that song, uh, it does, does it get you jazzed for the record? I mean, you know, so that was the quandary that I found myself in was trying to balance the temptation to, to always go with what I would regard as the essential track. All right. Um, that totally makes sense because I, I'm looking at my list here and I, I don't know how many essential songs I've chosen here as the lead single. Uh, so you, make, you bring up a good point. Well, let's just dive into it then. Um, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Um, your call. Uh, why ask Age you? before beauty, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well then that's me. That means you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Touche and correct. Um, <laughs> all right. So, so let's go chronologically. Let's, let's start at the beginning and with 10. Yeah. We'll go 10. So I was thinking about 10 and uh, it, it's really hard for me to think of this record and not have Alive be the introduction to Pearl Jam. What's interesting, interesting to okay. me is that is is that uh, once was actually the introduction of this album to me. It was not alive uh, mm-hmm. because at the time, you know, I wasn't really listening to the radio at all. Uh, you know, I, I was a kid in school, and my dad was a classic rock junkie and all about his his era of rock, seventies and eighties and whatnot. And <clears throat> so, I never heard anything on the radio that wasn't a classic rock station or whatever he was mixtape he was playing. So somebody actually gave me the CD and said, you got to hear this. So my introduction to this record was the song Once, right? And so I was immediately hooked. And I kind of feel like, in a lot of ways, it's not the most radio-friendly song. And it's it's dark, man. I mean, I can't imagine like getting... (laughs) No, Once. Well, Alive is too, in some respect. But Once was, right. So I couldn't imagine, you know, being a producer saying hey let's let's pick this as the main song you know what i mean it's it's a 16 gauge and i mean (laughs) 
<laughs> it's a crazy song. I mean, it's dark, intense. But yeah. yep. it, it's it's dark. But I don't know in terms of like messaging if if that's how I want to introduce the world to Pearl Jam. You know what I mean? Even though that's how I was introduced to Pearl Jam. Uh, Jeremy to me felt too big. It just felt way, way too big. Um, so I think if I was going to reintroduce this record, it really only comes down to three songs for me. Alive, Even right. Flow, and believe it or not, Oceans. Interesting. So, I, I see the appeal. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. But I think looking back, Alive is definitely the song that you want to pump this record. Okay. So Alive it is for me. All right. So you're sticking, you're sticking stock. Um, I get it. For, for that one, it. yeah. Yes. Uh, I'm going to go with Eden Flow. And I say that because it grabs you right out of the gate with that slide down the fingerboard from Stone thing. Um, maybe the hookiest riff they've ever written and a massive chorus. So those are two big check marks. You've got a great guitar solo, which isn't too long, um, as the song is just under five minutes already. So that's good. The two, like, jump moments, you know, all, all Pearl Jam fans don't know what I mean when I say jump moments. Those are kind of like secondary hooks within the song. Those are key. You gotta, ha- you gotta have some of those in a, in a good single. Uh, and sure, you know, it, it was the band's actual second single off the record. And listen, it's, it's hard to argue with the success of 10, but I think even Flow would have hit the airwaves running unlike the slow burn of Alive, which to me might not even be a single, maybe, but that's another discussion that I have, another another idea that I have. But for all those reasons, okay. I'm going to go with even Flow. I, I'm with you on that. Like I said, it, it okay. was in the, the top three for me. I was tempted okay. to go Oceans, so go- I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I can see somebody chiming in in the comments with that answer. But yeah. what do you got for verses? <laughs> it's ha- animal for me, hands down. Okay. Yeah, it's just Any one, two, why? three, four, five <laughs> against one. Yeah, I mean, that's what, <laughs> yeah, to me, it represents the record, but it's more than just what I would say is an essential song. I think to me, it represented that power punch. The band was really mm. trying to sonically get away from the sound of 10. I think they wanted to capture a. Uh, a ferocity and they wanted to capture a raw organic sound that was that they felt anyway was absent or devoid on the first record and <clears throat> Animal to me really does a fantastic job of reintroducing the band I think in a way that represents who they wanted to be and the perception of themselves that they wanted to create and I think it's a, just, a, a, just a monster track you know, it's perfectly timed. You know what I mean? It's not. I mean, Rearview Mirror is another one, but that that's a long one. You know, so I felt like this was sure. Rather than doing a radio edit cut of Rearview Mirror, I liked the idea, right. <laughs> and, and I was tempted to go with that one. Actually, I thought that that could be interesting, a, a cool okay. song. Well, because it, in a lot of ways, I feel like um, versus is a statement record. Ten is not, <clears throat> and I feel like there's there's mm-hmm. a lot of statements being made. And I think that a song like Rearview Mirror announces Pearl Jam as a statement band. And it, it, I think that is, is part of their persona that continues to this day. 
So I think in a lot of ways that could be, you know, if you went rearview mirror as a single, it kind of defines the rest of the band's career in a lot of ways. But <clears throat> I think just in terms of, of the sonic representation of how they wanted to be perceived, not just by the listener base, but by their peers, I think for me, Animal is, is the song that represents <clears throat> how they felt about their standing within the music industry and uh, the, the space that they were occupying in terms of just the global phenomenon they had become at that point in time. I like the choice, and I like it because it is my choice as well. Uh, listen, Go was the actual first single, but it actually takes a bit more time before it really explodes, you know? And, and the idea of Versus was to punch rock radio in the face and say, here we are. You thought you had an idea of what this band was on 10. This is our truest statement as a unit, I think was what they're trying to say with this album and this song specifically. Um, and it's, it's all evidenced by their VMA performance, which leaves no room for grays. It's, you know, it's only black and whites on that performance and the, and the song. And like you said, it punches you right in the mouth. It demands your attention. It also evokes uh, the themes of the rest of the album, as you said, you know, this conflict, this abuse. And listen, as the first thing you said, one, two, three, four, five against one, that bookends the song. And that really was the statement of the record and at the time. Um, it was in actuality the third single, but yeah, I agree with you. Should have been the first, 100%. All right. Getting a little trickier now. We're going to Vitalogy. What do you got? Uh, this didn't get tricky for me at all. I'm sticking with Corduroy oh, okay. all on right. this one. <clears throat> all right. I think Corduroy is a song that... Ultimately, you know, Eddie has said that it's about a relationship, but not between two people. And I think in many ways, Vitology is very much about the band's relationship with music. It's about the band's relationship with each other when they were coming apart at the seams. And it's about the band's relationship with the music industry. And, and you see that really come through on, uh, um, on the nose, quite frankly, with songs like Not For You, but <clears throat> uh, and Bugs. In, in an ironic way, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, in it, it's just to me, it, it was an anthem for a generation in a lot of ways. Corduroy, I think it, it's it's commonly regarded as the best mid-tempo song in the entire catalog, and I think that Vitology shines best in that mid-tempo and, and slowed-down range. You know, songs like Immortality, Nothing Man, Better Man, Corduroy. Those are, I think, the, the, the best tracks off that record, the most real, the songs that realize their ambitions in the best possible way. Um, songs like, you know, Spin the Black Circle, <clears throat> you know, these harder rockers, I don't feel like they work quite as That's well. That's the greatest tip, Paul. Um, don't you besmirch the good name of Spin the Black Circle. <laughs> well, <laughs> hey, it won a Grammy, right? <laughs> and we all know how Pearl felt about that Grammy, but... <laughs> I don't even know what this thing is. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I- I'm going to go with Corduroy here. Well, um, when I was thinking about this, there were a lot of great shouts for Not For You, for even Whipping. And I almost went with both of those. But in the end, I agree with you. Corduroy is the right choice. Um, despite Glad that you come slow to your build, senses. Thank you. <laughs> 
this like despite this little build that Cordray has, um, it is like you said the pinnacle of mid tempo Pearl Jam. It a- a- absolutely exemplifies what Ed was going through in that time period, and, that, and that's that's important because this is the album that Ed took full command of the project, and nothing puts Ed's world and his feelings about it more on display than this. With, with apologies to to not for you, this is just a better song. Um, so. So many catchy moments um, without a true chorus, too, which is interesting. And we've talked about the um, everything has changed, everything has changed line before, but it's truly one of the moments in the catalog. The, uh, the, the song is a, is a crowning achievement in Pearl Jam's discography, and it says what I believe the band really wanted to say on this record. You know, I, I see what they were trying to do with Spin the Black Circle as the lead single. But for this exercise, it's the wrong choice, in my opinion, and I think you agree. I, you know, I can see that the album version outro doesn't really lend itself to radio too much. I mean, I guess you could go a little radio edit there and shave off like 30 seconds um, if you wanted to. I'm fine either way. Um, now, what should have followed this singles-wise? Well, that's that's another episode, Paul, that maybe we'll get to at some point. But I think I, think I agree with you, Corduroy is uh, the lead single of choice here for Vitalogy. So now, it gets, it really does get interesting here, I think, with no code. So yeah, what, I would what, agree. What's your, head, what's your headspace on this one? Well, this was the probably the first pickle for me. Um, mm-hmm. I went with In My Tree for no code. And the reason I went In My Tree is because this, this record is very much about misinformation. <clears throat> I think it was a, a band that was very much exploring experimentation, different genres, different influences. There's an eclectic quality to this record. We had a brand new drummer with Jack Irons. Um, I think it, it was a record that <clears throat> Jeff really struggled with in a lot of ways. Right. Um, yep. And <clears throat> it was a record that when you think about the title, No Code, um, and this, this is well known to, to mo- probably most of you listening, but in medical terminology, a no-code order is the, the medical order where you, you don't give CPR to a patient. And <clears throat> this idea of like, here's your order to not resuscitate. And Eddie Vedder once said that in a subliminal way, if this record was a complete failure, we're kind of owning up to it in that subliminal way. Hmm. Um, yeah. That no-code was the same thing for me, being Eddie. And no code meant do not resuscitate. Yeah, it was ballsy. I mean, it, it, you know, he kind of like threw caution to the wind and was like, you know, bugs and stupid foxy mop handle mama. I'm doubling down that on wasn't that enough. attitude. And <laughs> it wasn't enough. Yeah. <laughs> and so you get a lot of garage rock here. Um, who you are, I, I feel like going full blown eclectic. I mean, it's <laughs> what's missing with that as a single is the sense of retreat. And I think that there's a, um, a solitary sense of retreat on this record for the band, but especially for Eddie, as he as he continued to really take on a greater role of leadership within the band. Um, so when I think of this song, I think of it <clears throat> not only as a fantastic representation of this record as a whole, but also... <clears throat> kind of a guide for what it is that we're about to get into with a record like this you know being Mm. up high starting to shake 
scraping the sky, you know, um, just holding this breath deep inside your chest, just like innocence. And it's, it's gone, you know, for them, it, it, Vitology, it left them. And I feel like they're, they're kind of hiding away, quite frankly, and trying to find themselves on this record in a lot of ways. And there's, there's a lot of soul surging on this album. There really is. And I think that a song like In My Tree captures that dichotomy between who they were and where they're going and that vulnerable state of instability that exists in between. So <clears throat> I'm so light, the wind he shakes, I'm so high, the sky is scraping. This to me is the song that I think delivers what the rest of this record will make us feel like. Perfect single to me. You know, this episode is getting boring because I agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Now, now, similar to who you are, it begins with that Jack Irons, you know, world beat thing, but there's more accessibility to this song than that. So that, that, that's a big reason I like it out of the gate. Now it's not a rocker. Um, you might have assumed that I'd choose Hail Hail, but as much as I enjoy that song, it's not as illustrative of what this album represents to me. This song is No Code. This is where Ed was at. And listen, you know, there are fewer catchier chord progressions than the main one here. You know, the, the, the song builds and finds classic Pearl Jam anthemic moments in the choruses and outro. So you get a bit of a you know, a handshake to earlier Pearl Jam while also looking ahead. And listen, it it spotlights Jack, the new drummer. And I like having Jack step forward and kind of show the band and show the, the audience into the future like this. Possibly a reason they picked who you are, but um, I think In My Treat is a better job of it. And I think it speaks to the theme of the record more. So I'm, I'm with you. I think In My Treat it would have been a great choice to lead off this thing. And I also think that a song like that kind of changes people's and the levels of anticipation for this record. Now, sometimes you mm. hear a song like "Dance the Clairvoyance" is a great example of the the oh, trepidation yes. that it put you in, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. that that made you feel. Yeah. I feel like a song like like "In My Tree" might actually change the narrative for some folks um, in terms of oh, you know what. I kind of dig that Pearl Jam, right, right? Right? You know what? Even if they kind of lost me with Vitology a little bit, which I don't, th- I don't think it did for most fans. <clears throat> I think that they would have gone back to the well for sure with this one and given it a shot. Um, I don't know how many yeah. fans kind of, you know, this this was the bandwagon album where people started hopping off. Obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> commercially, when you start looking at the sales, and um, I don't know how much the and, singles had to do well, with that. And but, cho- I, I think so. If you heard who you are as the lead single, you're like jonesing for new Pearl Jam. If you're, if you're not a hardcore, right? You didn't, you know, send money. You just send cash in an envelope to some PO box in Seattle, hoping to get tickets to Las Cruces, New Mexico. <laughs> like you don't know where the yeah. hell you're going to see the band in '95. So if you're not one of those people, and you just knew them, knew, knew their hits, maybe saw them once on Lollapalooza, and this is the first thing you heard, new song in 18 months, whatever it is. I think you'd be like, what the hell is this? And it turned a lot of fun. Yeah. And then you might not want to even think about if, if you're, if you're, especially if you're super fickle, 
you know, you're not going to even consider anything else. That, that's where I was. I was, I was 14 and a buddy of mine, I remember seeing no code on his bed. We were playing guitar in his room and I saw the no code CD on his bed and I go, what is that? And he goes, Oh, it's uh, the Pearl Jam record that came out recently. And I'm like, Oh, is it good? And he goes, it's, it's kind of strange. I'm like, ah, just, just that because he was basically describing who you are in a sense. Mm. <laughs> um, for, for lack of a better phrase. You know what I'm saying? So like even that was like enough. Just hearing what that sound was was not to make me go as a 14 year old, again, 14 year old, not mature enough to be like, hmm, I mean, maybe I should investigate. I hear you. you know? It's opposite experience for me though because I was the kid well, who, the like, after different. I heard 10. We older ears. No, I'm even for no code. I mean, when after I heard okay. 10, I was the guy that went and bought every Pearl Jam CD, went home and listened to it from front to end and without ever hearing singles on the radio. Like that was always my Pearl Jam listening experience. So mostly because I didn't ever listen to the radio. You know what I mean? I was either, I wasn't raised that way, believe it or not. But it's interesting to me with a record like No Code, I remember unfolding you know, taking the cellophane off and like, like, man, this is such interesting packaging. And you know, you're like opening this thing up and yeah, I pull the CD out and I'm listening to it. And sometimes was off putting quite frankly. And then, uh, cause I, I didn't really know at the time I was too young. You know, I, I, I wasn't ready for that, that kind of quiet introduction to a record. And then hail, yeah. hail, the garage rock I wasn't into, you know, I, I wasn't into the strokes and, and, and all these different garage rock bands that were booming at that time. And so it wasn't until I got to who you are and in my tree that I started to get into this record because I already knew, I I knew I was in for something different with the first two songs. It was already nothing like the Pearl Jam. I I mean, so now I was like desperate. I'm like, please give me something I can latch onto. (laughs) It wasn't the kind of rock that I, that I was looking for, but I was ready. I think for, 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 yeah, yeah. So I think I was I was interested in something eclectic from them. I, right. And the first two songs primed me for that. So in my tree is that perfect balance, though, between well, that's you know that's that's what, the key. It is the yeah. perfect balance between the two worlds, which is why I think we both agreed that it would have been the right choice. Mm-hmm. But then again, the idea for them wasn't to welcome everyone with open arms with that song. No, they were, it was just, not. They were testing no, the audience. Which is a different, which is yeah. why I said at the outset, you know, what was the point they're trying to make with single choices? Well, let's well, they get sh- obviously they should I have they should have released "Mankind" as the lead single if they were, if they were serious, huh? If, well, if they listen, were serious people, they would if have they gone were with serious mankind. people. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell is this? It's Pearl Jam? No, it's not. Yes, it is. Okay, let's press on. We could be here forever. Uh, yield. What do you got? This is easy for me. Easy for me. Okay. It's in hiding. No doubt. Okay. That was, the, it was in hiding. And I say that because this is a song that <clears throat> reached number 13 on the Billboard Modern Rock charts, and it never ac- actually was released as a single. And Eddie Vedder later mm-hmm. said, I don't know why we didn't release it as a single. <laughs> so if it had come out as a single and it led off the album, I think it, it's, it's a number one single without doubt. I think it's a fantastic song. Um, Jack Irons once said he loved it. it. It was like a band track is what he said. You know, it sounds <laughs> like five guys just playing a track together. And I think that's pretty much what happened. And to me, this is exactly what they needed. You know what I mean? It was, it was, Jack came on for no code, but that was a band in turmoil. Yield was a band jelly. You know what I mean? And, and, and mm-hmm. Jack's not with the band anymore because he didn't want to deal with the touring. But it ha- it, it's not like there was there was a contentious nature amongst these gentlemen when they were in the recording studio. 
So <clears throat> by all accounts, it was it was pretty enjoyable, pleasant, and, and productive. So to me, in hiding is rep- representative of what that recording climate was like. Um, I think it's a powerful um, pop-driven song you know what I mean it's like a pop rock song in a lot of ways it has a a soaring chorus Uh, does a wonderful job showcasing I think just about everybody in the band Um, I think to me it's a song that it it goes from being buried on a record and slowly coming out of the woodwork down the wire to to be heavily played and and often finding itself in rotation to a song that I think it would have been a huge hit and uh, I think Dare I say, I, th- I think Yield becomes an even bigger smash than it was if In Hiding ever got its 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 opportunity as a single. So I, to me, I yeah. think it, it's it's an interesting choice as a song. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it would be just just a wonderful option. I, I don't disagree that In Hiding should have been a single. I have not chosen it to be my lead single, though. Which maybe this makes me happy. Episode, but <laughs> yeah, uh, um, I'm sticking with the band. I'm sticking with Given to Fly. Um, oh, I boy. think they nailed this one. Uh, I re- it's, it's a really interesting guitar lick that Mike may or may not have ripped off Jimmy Page. Um, and, and that's and why I didn't pick that some one. Of the, fuck that. I don't give it. I don't give a shit about no, that. No, but you know, here's the reason though, because all okay. I remember from that release was the controversy around that lick. Which is a shame because it's an amazing song. And, and, and so like, here's it, the thing: is like I, I, you know, the internet was was hardly a thing. So you would have had to have some really interesting friends to have heard about that. I think. For most oh, people. it was all over MTV I at the time. I don't. I didn't watch MTV. I wow. was like, I was, I was too cool for school. <laughs> I was hanging out with my friends, you know. But my point is, is that I didn't hear about that controversy until years later, and even then, I was like. Yeah, I guess kind of maybe like it's got like a like a hop kind of like going to California, but like come on, I I, I still don't think it's that close. I, I get the inspiration, but listen, how many how many of the uh, first two records worth of music from Led Zeppelin was ripped off of black blues musicians from fifteen years? Oh prior? yeah, I hear so you. Let's all relax <clears throat> yeah. about that. Um, so anywho, the opening riff. Uh, I I, it's, I love it, and I think it gives way to some of the most inspiring lyrics Ed's ever written. And at, at four minutes long, you're like you're right there in the wheelhouse of, of you know radio songs. And uh, you know I think we got to talk about the pre-chorus through the chorus. I mean that is vintage Pearl Jam. You know when you think about goosebump moments, when you think about what makes us fall in love with this band it's a moment like that you know the dynamics of this song are fantastic that there, there's something for everyone here and honestly it's actually a really simple song from an arrangement point of view um it's not very interesting it's kind of pretty cookie cutter but that's okay um you know this this is the lead single it's supposed to grab you and show you the way into what the album wants to say well guess what you are given to fly, my friend. That that's what this album's trying to say. And I think they absolutely nailed it. And I love this choice for a lead single. And I remember the the the, the car driving over the little rolly hills 
for the TV commercial spot, and I think it's a fantastic choice. Your choice is a fantastic choice, but it would come out later. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so now we're in the year 2000, for all my Conan friends, um, with Binaural. What are you going with here? Oh, boy. Um, you know, you want a song, I think, that <laughs> speaks to the arresting visuals of this record. And to me, Light Years is that song. But okay. it comes with the caveat oh. that I would pair it with Sad as a B-side. Can you imagine if you, like Light Years was the lead like, single? You're going bonus extra credit on me right now? Come on, man. I am, man. Light Years <laughs> is the lead single, and the B side is sad. Like at that point, I'm I'm excited for Binaural. You know what I mean? Like I, I, mm-hmm. I'm I'm pretty jazzed about this record. I'm thinking, holy shit! Like sad was a B side that didn't make the record. Are you kidding me? Now I would probably be. <laughs> You'd be very upset when the record came out. Like wait a minute, hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> what is this evacuation shit? I've been hoodwinked, damn it. <laughs> Bamboozled. <laughs> Bamboozled. <laughs> but uh, now I, I would go with light ears and, and I would pair it with sad. And, and I, I can't I can't not speak to this release without saying because to me they go hand in hand as a single release. Yeah, I see that. 100 percent It's it's a good call. Um for a moment, I was struggling with that choice. Um, and in a lot of ways, don't they work almost like as a couplet? It's a little narrative there. It's like a little short Listen, story happening there. It makes me think about the rumors of this new music that, you know, if you're listening to this show, you know, way down the line, then you already know what happened. But um, the rumors are that they're going to have two songs come out basically simultaneously, almost like an A and a B side. Um, one named Wrecker, a rocker, and one named Dark Matter, more of a ballad. We'll see if that's actually the case. Um, but to your point about having and they an both a better not be single, on the damn album, by the way. Both of them. No, I, do you mean do you mean the B side? I'm Dark saying well, well, we don't get new Pearl Jam every year. You know what I'm saying? So if if Wrecker and Dark Matter are the two songs that we get, I would love it if one of those songs is not actually a song oh, that will show them. up on the release. Yeah, with one of them. Well, nice. okay. That'd be kind of weird if they released two singles that neither were on the album. Um, no, one is, listen, and the other is like a pure yeah. B-side. No, I got you. I, I, I understand I mean. now. I was a bit confused for a hot second. So I thought about Light Years, and I, and I love what you said about Light Years with Sad. I don't think it's a lead single, though. I, I, I you're, you're noticing a theme here with my choices. I think, you know, a brief thought about that and then it became clear very quickly. I love nothing as it seems, but it's not a single. And I feel like the band knew that and did it anyway because they they like, you know, they like middle fingers to the man, which I'm down with. But as a lead single, no. Um, off an album I find to be underrated, by the way. I think this album's super underrated. Uh, I've come to listen, agree. It, it, it has, my, my choice is Grievance, by the way. Mm. This album has, you know, the Gore Bush thing and the turn of the millennium stresses all over it. You know, you've got Ed's marriage dissolving. You've got Mike in rehab. You got politics. You got war. You got the WTO riots. You got, you know, it's, it's all happening um, when the band is closing in on a decade together. So, you know, do they even know who they are at this point? You know, there was a lot of questions. A lot of questions around this time. You know, they've been flirting with disaster for a while. 
There was a roller coaster of emotions, so to speak. Lots of drummer turmoil, rehab stints. Who are they? Well, this song takes a lot of that frustration, that uncertainty, and stress, and it kind of throws it all out there. And I think there's a reason the band played this song on Letterman to promote the record and not Nothing As It Seems, not Light Years. Both actual singles. Binaural rocks harder than you remember. And this song, with its incredible boulder barreling down a mountainside outro, demands your attention and it speaks to where the guys' heads were at at the time. So I think if Grievance would have let off this album instead of Nothing As It Seems, Maybe we got a different bit of promotion out of this record than what we got. And record sales. Maybe. I don't personally <laughs> not, find not Grievance. I, I, I put Grievance in like the same bucket as, you know, a, a lot of these kind of like, I don't know, I guess. Watch it. <laughs> I'll let you have your day in the sun. I'm <laughs> I always have my band this on. I want to hear you rip me apart. <laughs> no. I, look, I think Grievance is, 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 it's not a bad song at all. I think if that's the lead single, other than just saying, here's something loud that, you know, is a rock song, as opposed to here's something that crushes. It makes a statement. You know, it's, it does. It, but at the same, and, and this record has a lot of statements on it. And this is a statement yeah. band. I get that. Um, but I, I feel like there was there was a lot happening with this record from the you know the way it was recorded, the binaural mm-hmm. audio engineering to to the, the, the visual choices for the, the album artwork. I just think there was more happening here, bit bigger ideas and concepts that were. I think they, there was a part of them that was they were trying to reach far beyond what was you know tangible and into the tangen- tangential, so to speak. Um, okay. In an effort well, to, at kind least of you didn't take sleight of hand, so we can live with that. No, and I do love that song. But. <laughs> okay, it's it's okay. Uh, <laughs> Riot Act, two thousand two, getting closer to real time. What, what do you say? <clears throat> we are. Um, <clears throat> this was the hardest one for me because, as hard as I mm. I wanted to go with other songs, I, I really kept circling back to I Am Mine. So I had to kind of just err on the side of caution and say, I'm going to go with the band's choice here. Um, I feel like with Roskilde and everything that happened with the creation and lead up to this record, um, I am, there's an existential quality in a lot of ways about this record. And I feel like this is the song that kind of introduces the listener to this idea that the journey that you're about to go on is not going to be easy. It may not even necessarily be accessible. Um, but in a lot of ways, this is the band saying that they are going to own this moment for themselves, you know, and, um, it's an art rock record. And I think it's, it's easy to say, we'll pick an art rock track then, you know, but I think save you to me is not a greatest hit. I've already argued on this show before that it was included on, on Rearview Mirror simply because it was the last single of the last record that showed up before that 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 compilation. <clears throat> I think that it, it's a straight-ahead rocker, and I don't find it to have 
any special qualities necessarily. It's not a bad song, but it's not something that I go out of my way to play. So it, I feel like a song like You Are is an art rock song. And I, I could have seen that be a, a, that was what I really wanted to push as the single. Oh, you should have had the balls to do it. I know. I probably should have. I think it would have been uh, probably a better representation <laughs> of what this this record, you know, is as an art rock record. But <clears throat> I, it's just too hard for me to deviate away from "I Am Mine" when you think about the context of everything surrounding the recording of this album. So, listen, if, if you had chosen "You Are," it would have been. It, would, it sounds like it would have been for the same reasons that "Dance of the Clairvoyance" was chosen. Uh, but that's that. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Um, I love "I Am Mine." It, it it's very much grown on me over the years. I, I, when I first heard it on the radio as the lead single, I was like, "What? What is this?" Again, a younger man didn't really. I wanted to hear rock and roll, and I didn't hear rock and roll so much. I heard you know something a little bit more um, matured and, and somber, and and um, it, it's still elevating, but in a different way. Now. Of course, I Am Mine is a single, but it is not my lead single. Because remember what my points of stipulation were for this exercise. So I'm ready for your hate because I'm choosing Save You. And I will say, listen, somebody out there is agreeing with me. And I love all of you who are. And all of you who are not can go straight to a very comfortable couch. So this was the... Like you said, the hardest record for me to pick so far because stylistically, it's kind of all over the map. And with 15 songs, that's saying a lot. So, I mean, honestly, the only song that really jumps off the page as a single... Green Disease. ...is Save You. Well, oh, really? Green Disease, Green Disease kind of sparked interest for half a second, but then I was like, no, nah, it doesn't... It starts it, at a great Save place, You really place. any different than, than, than Ghost? I mean, what is it it's really better any better than Ghost? Ghost? Yes. Is yes. it really? Oh, yes. It's, it's, it says We're going to have to agree to disagree one. on this. Okay. Okay, I that's think it fair. Says more, it I think does it's say more. more dynamic. It does say more. I think, I think the riffing in, in the guitar work in Ghost is fun, but it's it's like it's just like a, it's a, it's a not flat line, but it's like it's the same place the entire just, way. Save You kind of has crunching power noise. chords. It's just the whole time, which is fine, but there's not enough dynamism for me to be a single. It's also not nearly as hooky as Save You. Um, Save You has a memorable chorus. It's quick-ish, which is fun. It has a punchy guitar sound. And listen, that bridge into the final chorus is super fun. I love that dip there in the energy and bring it right back up. And the outro is a natural climax that you want. You want you want the listener to stay and listen to that because it keeps it keeps you up. You know, I think thematically, it's just one of a few different tent poles of the record for me. I mean, it's it's literally about hanging on to someone with you know that that means a lot to you and has strong value in this world, even if the person if that person doesn't see it. You know, there's a lot of frustrating sorrow on this record and the obvious political stuff kind of flows through those waters of course which is why it was so perplexing to me to have I Am Mine as the lead single because it's it's a rare moment of positivity on the record it's just, it's kind of almost like the same reason that they didn't include um, Down on it like why include I Am Mine but not Down 
They both are trying to lift somebody up with positive energy. Also, I think I Am Mine is a little too down-tempo to be a first single, first single that someone hears from this record. Now, I'm, I'm alluding to the fact that maybe it could be another single, but again, that could be another episode for another time. Uh, so I'm going to disagree. I'm going to say save you. I'll take all the hate mail at state of love and trust pod at gmail.com. I struggle with that song, man. It's just, if Fair it was enough. like a Ramones or Sex Pistols song, it, it, it wants to be this like great, iconic, like punk rock Listen, track. And it just, Riot Act is not, is not the strongest record, bro. It, it, it just isn't. So you've got to take what's going to, what's going to, if you want to sell music, which I think at that point they, they, they kind of did again to a degree, then you want to put out the apple that's the sweetest to draw the crowd in, I think. And they just didn't for me. That's fair. I, I know I'm wrong with some that. people, but that's, that's, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Let's move on. 2006. Um, Avocado. Self-titled. Where are you going? I'm going Severed Hand. I think it's, uh, <clears throat> it's just mm. a fantastic rock song. I think this this album was a, a return to rock for them. Um I also think that the more I listen to this record, the more I find it to be a song that a, it's a standout track, and it's a song that really more and more I'm finding I enjoy, and uh, it's it's a wonderful highlight for Mike Shredding. I think the whole band comes together beautifully on this track. I think as a composition, it doesn't make the statement that Worldwide Suicide does, mm-hmm. um, but it's a heck of a lot hookier to me. I don't know. I, I just feel like it's a, it, it could make the, the, the statement if you want it to. You know what I mean? <clears throat> Listen, I I, I, Severed I, I, Hand... I, Go ahead. No. Well, listen, you know how much I love that song. I love I love Severed Hand. It's fantastic. The whole build-up is great. I love the energy in the verses. That second verse where Mike's doing that harmonic thing instead of like an actual riff... Um, I think Ed's having a lot of fun in this song. Obviously, the guitar solo and the outro is fantastic. Um, for me, it's not a single, though, because it's just not... I mean, first of all, what is it saying? It's not what the album's about. Um, and unless we go, like, four levels deep, I'm not, I'm not prepared to do that. <laughs> no, but, I mean, Alive uh, I, I didn't I, tell me what 10 was about. You know what I mean? I, I don't necessarily. Well, I, I think I that I didn't, sometimes I didn't, I didn't choose it. I didn't choose a live for those reasons. You didn't. I, I no, know. This is lead, I, single, I don't. lead single. Lead single. I agree. I think if, if there is a song that represents what the album's about, I'm sure you know. There's a lot of other songs that you you, you could choose off this record. <laughs> I thought about Army Reserve, but <clears throat> I don't know. I just hmm. feel like Severed Hand was the kind of song that people would have heard and been like, "Oh man, these guys are these guys are back." You know what I mean? Yes. And, Listen, I, I agree with you on that point that this song makes me think, holy shit, these guys are back. But that's only part of the equation for me. Uh, and you bring up Army Reserve, and that's a great point that, again, another episode, perhaps I will speak about that in those terms. For me, um, I think this is another album that they got right. I think Worldwide Suicide is the right choice here. I think the beat and the guitar noise at the top kind of draw you in. I, I think the verse builds perfectly to a catchy pre-chorus and then chorus you know it's it's building a pop song 101 and thematically i think it's on brand with the record and is maybe controversial enough for some people to spark debate you know it's not controversial to pearl jam fans per se but the rock radio listening audience may have been like whoa whoa." 
he's 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 telling a fairly uh, unrated story here about you know the soldier and like he's calling out reality of war that you know we're we're not really hearing about from the media but oh uh, some people could get a little ruffled by that i think most pearl jam fans would not but i think that dynamic would be a nice little subplot to this or was a nice subplot to this uh, single coming out now is this dad punk maybe um, I'm not sure, but as as far as showcasing what the album is about and making the opening statement, I think this one does it admirably. And again, the outro stays with you. That's what you want. You want the song to stay with you. I remember when this song came out, I kind of had it on repeat because I couldn't get that last part out of my head. So I'm not saying it's the most most essential track, and I don't think I did that when we had this that exercise whenever the hell it was, but... I think as a single, as a lead single, I think it was the right choice at the time. So I'm going to stick with the band, Worldwide Suicide. I can can get behind that. I had no choice in 2006. I'm telling you, rip me apart if you think I'm wrong. It's fine. No, no. Honestly, I don't think there's an easy and obvious selection from, from Avocado, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, it wasn't as obvious as some other, as some other, um, records like some of the earlier stuff but uh yeah anyways uh let's move on 2009 backspacer what say you uh backspacer was tricky i, I went unthought known only because it has that mm. that u2 quality to it that there's <clears throat> backspacer is not big and epic like joshua tree but um I do like the idea that on a record that that featured so much of these quiet, introspective moments like The End and, and Just Breathe, a song with, with a slow buildup, but just the, the, these beautiful, um, climactic moments, you know, even if they're single lines delivered in the ether. <clears throat> a song like Unthought Known, I think, showcased the interesting, you know, use this word before, dynamics that the record features so unthought known to me i thought what was an interesting choice for a lead single here yeah i I like that um i like unthought known as a single again going back to where i was at the beginning of the exercise i'm not sure i like it as a lead single as much now if i heard it i'd be like oh this is interesting but and I hate to be boring here, but I think they got it right again on Backspacer with The Fixer. And the reason why I say that is, you know, you've got the opening kick drum snare thing with that with that guitar. That's an immediate hook. That's an immediate hook. And then that ba-da, ba-da, that da-da-da, da-da-da. Like, immediately you're like, oh, oh, shit, okay. Again, like Worldwide Suicide, it's almost like a paint-by-numbers when it comes to how to write a pop rock song. Like Matt has done it masterfully here. Backspacer um, sold a lot of records. Even, Target release, I remember. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it's <clears throat> it's even got that hey. That was I'm sorry, I apologize for the singing, but the, the call, hey the, part, the callbacks with the yeah. claps. Yeah, yeah, with the, with the claps. I mean, for the claps, there's clapping for Christ's sake. I mean, that's how poppy the song is. And for an album that's, you know, in, uh, it's an uppy, it's an, it's a, it's a turn of events, really. Um, it's a celebration of what we have and the good things in life. Um, a song about fighting for all those great things is the most perfect portrayal of this record you could really ask for, in my opinion. You know, whosever idea it was to make it the lead single, I think earned their money that week. Is it a bit cheese dick? Yes, it is. 
but that's okay. You know, you're allowed to have some of those when you've got a litany of songs that are depressing or or serious, like Black and Jeremy and Rival and Not For You and Do The Evolution, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So for this record, what the record stood for, I thought that, and you may not like the picture as a song, and I, I can understand that, but I think it represents what they wanted to showcase to the world first. And I, and I, I agree that that was... That was the choice uh, to make. All right. I, I I think I might surprise you here with Lightning Bolt unless you pick the same song, in which case I'm going to be very upset. Uh, <clears throat> I really wanted to go Pendulum here, especially since it opened so many of the shows. But as a single, I'm trying to think of what that sounds like if you're you know sitting at at, at the radio desk strange. and it comes along like it's a strange <laughs> you know um i went with lightning bolt which is a single off the record but it was the third single mm. not the lead single <clears throat> i think it would be a, a fine lead single off off this record so it to me I mean, which is bizarre because it's the name of the record you know I, I never liked the idea that the lead single happens to have the same title as the album itself but oh, in this case so, you know come it, on stop it well <laughs> In this case, it's a song that is really about being struck with inspiration. And um, I think a lot of the songs on this record are inspired. Um, I think it's it's underrated in a lot of ways. And um, I think Lightning Bolt is probably the, the, the strongest single in the most traditional sense of that word. So I went with Lightning Bolt. I like that. I like that choice. Um, it did cross my mind. It's not my choice, but I do really like it. Um, and I bet you a lot of people will be commenting the same thing because it's 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 very catchy. I like the song more than you like the song, and I'm and I'm yep, down with you. Um, my choice, though, uh, listen. At first glance, I thought, okay, it's just gonna be mind your manners. But then I I listened to Getaway again. And I thought to myself, you know what? Getaway uh, would have was been my a second great option. Single. Yeah, I agree with you. It's upbeat, you know, which I think the album mostly is. At least it wants to be, if that makes sense. And the idea of thinking for yourself, maturing, and being confident in your beliefs, but also respecting others at the same time yeah. is a strength. You know, we don't have to argue just because we're different. I love that that's like the permeating idea of this record here. Ed seems really up for it in his vocal performance. The chorus is pretty catchy, and I think it really could have been a song that listeners would have called in to demand, hearing it again, if the band had pushed this one instead of a more maybe you know, controversial and possibly off-putting Mind Your Manners. Uh, plus that, in- that outro. Oh, man, as I said earlier, that outro stays with you. So, you know, you've got those cymbals and that snare blast that Matt's doing, Ed's screaming. I mean, come on. I think it it would resonate with you for a lot of the same reasons that Worldwide Suicide resonated with me. And I think, as, and I and I like Monumenters a lot. I think it's a fun song. I subscribe to what Ed's talking about, even if others don't. But as a single, I don't know if that was the right choice. I think Getaway would have been a great choice. I completely agree with you. Um, interestingly enough, it's a song they almost never play. So Almost I, never. I, I don't, it's so strange. I know. It's. I don't. Even during the tour, I felt like it wasn't 
getting a lot of love. I, I, I almost feel like it's one of those songs that they don't hold in very high regard for some reason. <laughs> Which is weird because when you go and watch that like, little that 10 minute documentary that um, Danny Clinch did, mm-hmm. you know, to promote that record, like the very end of it is you see him and, and Ed in Ed's um, old car. And it repeats, it comes back on again, and they're like, oh shit. But they start rocking out to it anyways, because it's so much fun. Like, yeah. come on. Oh, I don't know. Missed opportunity, I boys. I agree. All right, we're, we're, we're going to Gigaton, final record. We made it. We made up it. Until, up until the last record, the record's coming out. Uh, all right, Gigaton, what do you got? Oh, God. You know, my, my gut initially said go at seven o'clock as a lead single. It did. Uh, it, no, no, it did not. Stop it. it. It did. It just had that like single vibe to it. But uh, I, I you pivoted. want a six minute song about Donald Trump with World South to be your lead single? <laughs> no, I, I went with another song about Donald Trump. I went with Quick Escape. Actually, okay, okay fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay. <laughs> I just think it's it's an epic, fantastic, just you know, classic rock sounding vibe. Um, it booms, you know, and and I think that. Uh, I don't know. There, there's a metric ton feel to it, and so I think on, on a record like this, and you're, you're dropping a single. I, I love "Dance of the Clairvoyance." I love the impact that it had. I love what it did. But the reality is, I don't know if there was enough like sonic diversity on this record to where you look at a song like "Dance of Clairvoyance" and say, "Wow, that was." In a lot of ways, it was like you are. You know what I mean? It's not an outlier necessarily on Gigaton, but I don't think it's indicative of what the rest of the record sounds like. So to drop that as a lead, it's like, hmm, okay, well, I don't know what what we're messaging. You know, what, what are we signaling with this? I think Quick Escape yeah. would have been a more apropos signaling of this record. Yeah, uh, I, I can't disagree with you on all that. I think it's a, it's a wise choice. The reasoning for Dance the Covoyance Dance of the Clairvoyance not being the lead, I agree with. Obviously, if anybody was listening four years ago, <laughs> um, or if you go back in time and listen to the remastered versions of those early episodes, which you can do now. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, shameless plugging out of the way. Uh, so my choice, are you ready for this? Hit me with it. My choice, take the long way. Ooh, that's... Uh... Yes. It's interesting. Uh-huh. So, as Ed sings, now is the time to resurface. What better way to pop your head back into the game than with an up-tempo riffer like this? And a guest vocalist. Like that? That's my next note. Jessica mm-hmm. Grandal with the backing vocals. Like, think about hearing this as a lead single and hearing, like, the backing vocals of a woman crushing it and being like, like, wouldn't it blow your mind? Like, Hold on, we're adding layers now? Holy shit. Like, what is going on here? But it's also not so different that you're whipping your head around like like I did with Into the Clairvoyance, being like, what? Whoa, 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 slow down. Now, I concede that I'm sort of arguing against my own logic by saying that. There, you know, there are many stellar reasons why Into the Clairvoyance was the right choice. I think, I think, I think for them, there was a lot of reasons why, were, why it was the right choice. Not for me, per se. Um, but I assume that you would pick it, um, which is funny that you didn't. <laughs> so back to the song, though. The pre-chorus into the chorus is fantastic. It's, it's just magical to, to me. It, it, it pulls me with it, makes me want to move my body. And that's fun, you know? 
That's fun. And then you got a, a, a banger for a mic solo. You know, melt my face, Mikey. Come on. Let's do it. Yep, and then listen, yep. at two minutes and 41 seconds, that's prime single length. And it's just short enough that it makes you say, shit, that's it. I want more. And then again, you got that outro, that cool down outro with Jessica kind of building sound waves, you know, for Ed to float around. It's just, it's a, it's, it's, it's a chef's kiss ending. So I, I, I've been blown away and absolutely stoked for Gigaton. I would have been, I should say, if this was the first thing that I heard. Uh, obviously, I, I enjoy the record, but Dance threw me for a loop. If I had heard this, I would have been yeah. like, oh, what is going on no here? No question. Of all of these that we have workshopped today, this is the one where if you don't do Dance, it's completely, it's a game changer. Because Dance was a polarizing song that I think compl- right. it, it, it had a... It really shaped the narrative for a lot of people before that record dropped. Right. So I would agree with you there. Uh, like I said before, with UR, imagine them dropping UR as the first thing, and it's just it's it's an outlier on the record, and that's fine. It's fine to have that, and I and I've come to enjoy Dance of the Clairvoyance. But when it's the first thing you hear, and you're expecting just you know a usual straight ahead rock song that Pearl Jam has done for thirty years, and you don't get that, you're like, whoa, hold on a minute. You need you need you need, like, you need somebody to like you need a bridge you need like a like a you need a sugar for the medicine kind of thing and that's what that, that's I why you. I chose in my tree for in, for no code it was like a it was like a handshake yeah. between the two worlds so anyways um, I'm curious what you guys think out there I'm sure you're jotting down your notes as we speak uh, let us know in the comments wherever you like to comment and we'll be sure to read them get in the Discord channel and uh, and let us know. Uh, this was a fun exercise and I'm now I'm a curious, you know, the lead single of this new record is coming out imminently. So at some point we're going to get a second single and maybe that's when we do the, uh, the next iteration of this. I don't know, but I I was tickled by this exercise, Paul. As was I, it was a solid workshop and I think a great anticipatory set for what, what, what is to come. That's a great word. Multisyllabic, <laughs> anticipatory. I like it. Yeah. Let's uh, let's I, move I pulled, on. To I pulled our it out of seven week. o'clock. Pulled it out of seven <laughs> o'clock. <laughs> let's move on to our lyric of the week. Lyric of the week this week. Uh, it's it's a single. That's <laughs> yeah, what I'll say. Sure <laughs> the song is Olay. All right, Paul. Um, let me go ahead and just—I'm just gonna spip all something at you, and then you can respond because this there's not much okay. here, right? Not much here. <laughs> um, as we have we have joked about this song a handful of times over the last almost four years, mo- mostly in a, in a derision derisionary. Is that a right word? Deris- derisative? I don't derivative? know. Derivative. What, what's the right word there? Derisive? 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 Wow, I sound real dumb right now. (laughs) Derisive, right? Is it the right word? What are you trying to say? It's 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 derisive. 
It is. It's the writing. Is that is that a word? Do, what? Derision? I'm trying to understand <laughs> what what it, what it is that you mean to say. We we we've been slagging the song off. Oh, we've been slagging the song. <laughs> yeah. So like, what's the <coughs> word? Is it is it is it, is it derision? Well, <coughs> the word. <laughs> if if my you mean brain, that we've been my brain is melting if, on the show. If, if if you mean that we've been ridiculing it, then deride is the word you're you're thinking of. But but deride. I don't think we've yeah, been deride deriding. I mean, have we really? You've been ridiculing it. Well, isn't deriding? Isn't there like a version of deriding like derisive? No. Okay. Okay. I, I'm I am just turning everybody <laughs> off with this fucking just my this my is an mangling. Edit. Oh no, it's not. I'm keeping it all in. I want everybody to know oh, how terrible God, I am with words sometimes. <laughs> My point is, is that Olay, not the best song. Uh, but listen, if this is basically just meant to say "fuck it, let's go," then okay. Um, as in, like, what can you do? You can't stress about every little thing. You have to remember you cannot, you can't control all the stresses in life. If that's the case, then I like the sentiment. Um, or maybe it's like a more positive form of that, like letting go of stresses is, is more of an, like a, like a, like an encouragement, like a, come on, you got this man. Like the hang in there poster with the, with the cat. Maybe it's that, but with Olay instead in Spanish. So again, <laughs> the, the sentiment is fine. Uh, especially when juxtaposed against a quote unquote real stress, like bloodshed later on in the song. But the problem with these lyrics and the song in general is that they seem so last minute. Like they, they, you couldn't you say, "Come on, you got this." More profoundly, I, I mean, I know it's a silly little punk song, but punk songs are meant to stand for stuff too. You know, I mean, just ask the Clash and Bad Legend and Green Day, among many others. Music, the music is is sort of interesting enough that I I, I bounce around to it. You know, the solo allows mm-hmm. Mike to kind of be random live, which is fun. Uh, but the lyrics, as soon as I realized what I was reading or what I was hearing, I was just like, huh? <laughs> it just feels lazy. If like to do a call and response sort of thing, every other line, what are you going to say? Ole! Like, I, I don't know. I don't think Ed took a chance. I'm sorry. I think, I think Ed took a chance. He went out on a limb with something different. And I, I like that, but I think it was a swing and a miss or more appropriately, he 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 kicked the ball and he hit the crossbar and bounced into the stands. Ouch! Uh, yeah. So I don't know if you've to, to ever any of our listeners in Buffalo. Any thought? I apologize for for Jason's low blow there. No, it wasn't a low blow because because um, the Bills kicker didn't even hit the upright. No, nah, that's even worse. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Any thoughts on this at all? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Look. <laughs> It is disappointingly disposable. I will give you that. Um, it, it 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 is a song that you know. It, it was a, a, a right before was it right before Pearl Jam twenty? I think this thing came out. It was on the heels right before, of yeah. the South the, the the South American tour. Part of me almost mm-hmm. wonders if it was just kind of like a an anthem for that tour. Like it was just like we're going to South America. You know, I've been thinking about our trip to South America. I came up with something. You know. They're screwing around, and I mean, just, let's just drop it this. Was a let's part just of release like the early Gigaton sessions, <laughs> or early uh, Lightning Bolt sessions. So, like, it wasn't like they weren't. It wasn't like they just came up with it for this moment. 
It was, it was, but I almost wonder if like maybe like the music was part of it and they just, he never had words to it. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. You know, and then with the tour coming up, he was just like, oh, you know, I always like the music to that. Let me just like, I don't know, man. I mean, most of those shows were in Brazil, which, which doesn't speak Spanish, they speak Portuguese. So I don't know what Ole would be in Portuguese, but like, I don't know, man. The the folks in Santiago, Chile, love this. What what are you going to say when your life ends? What do you, what do you say? What can you say of importance other than Ole? Hmm? When there's too much that you can't breathe in other than Ole, it's really all about just a moment. Have a beer, you know, man. Ex- That's what it is. And, Have and, a beer. And, yeah, just, just it's, it's, it's car- carpe diem. It, it's a moment of exhilaration, of rapture, and and just just have at it, I guess. And and <laughs> is it is it uh, the most poetic rendition of of that <laughs> moment in the project? Not Catalog? really. No, it is not. <laughs> no, it is not. No, no, no. Uh, that's as much as I can give this song. I don't know if I can give any more to it. We we had by contract, legally speaking, we are bound to talk about every song that's been performed live and has lyrics. So this is true. Consider and, the and box ticked, and we gave it in the old college try. You know, to yeah. to, to sit here yeah. and try to extrapolate as much meaning out of this as we can. E- even we, I mean, to listen. the point of like conjecture, trying to to t- connect dots between the two. <laughs> Look, hey, we we, we, it, we, we have done our due diligence, try. good sir. <laughs> give, yeah, give we, we, we yeah yeah <laughs> yeah we we gave it all with all due respect. We gave it the Devry Institute of tries. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just I just pissed one person off. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and check out the uh, live best live version of this song in our live cut of the week. Ready to stand up. All right, live cut of the week. It's been played. 14 times, but that includes once on Jimmy Fallon's Tonight Show and yeah. once in Mexico City where the official bootleg is unavailable. I'm told that maybe the tape was messed up. That whole tour had a lot of bootleg issues, but that's what's unavailable. So technically we have 12 possibilities because, by the way, the audience recording from Mexico City is hot garbage. So 12 cuts to choose from. Where are we going? Uh, well... Sadly and disappointingly, but not necessarily in a disposable way, not South America, which is ironic. We're going to Canada of all places. <laughs> We're going to Vancouver, apparently, for this life cut. All right. Uh, I don't have the, the date in front of me because I didn't write it down. Hold on. Let's head to Vancouver, British Columbia, September 25th, 2011. So it's called Ole. Oh! 
Okay, Paul, so listen, a lot of these sounded kind of the same, but there was um there was for me an exuberance. There was a bit of oomph. There was a bit of uh, a bit of growl. I don't know why Ed would be so upset. He was he was pumped. supercharged for, for, for he was pumped for this at the beginning. Yeah. Vancouver is a lovely place. There's no reason to be to be upset. I don't understand. But he was, and that added a little bit of something. <laughs> To this song, because listen, it doesn't have much going for it. So if you're going to have a, a fast punky number, you might as well sound a little aggro about it. And uh, yeah, no, it's it's weird that the best versions, uh, my, my my favorite two didn't even come from South America. My 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 third favorite came from South America. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, I'm with it, you. Yeah, that's all I got. That's all I got. This is one where you're you're just looking for an impassioned performance and. They all seem to be into it here. So we went with this one. <laughs> Paul can't help but laugh and cough at the same time. That's, that's, this is where we're at at this point in life, oh, guys. Man. Just be happy that we're not on video because what a, what a fucking mess that would be. Um, that's the episode, gang. We are, we are just mere moments away from new music by Pearl Jam, and I cannot wait to – Review it by myself because Paul's going to sit in his car and wait for the uh, <laughs> wait for the album to drop in you know March or April or something like that. Uh, but uh, I assure maybe you, maybe I succumb more- to peer pressure and listen to it. Really. <laughs> more, more good things are coming. I assure you that more good things are coming. And um, uh, thank you for being here. If you've rated and reviewed and subscribed and fed that algorithm, Paul is a happy boy. I know I am. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said at the very beginning, uh, there are all new Patreon levels if you are interested in supporting the show a little bit more. Uh, and there are two brand new shirts to go along with our old really cool shirt if that interests you as well. Otherwise, thanks for being here. Thanks for supporting yeah. us. And um, we'll be with you next week with an all new episode of this bad boy that we call podcast. And until we do, you've been listening to The State of Love and Trust.